Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name's Zach, and this week we have everybody here. We have Mark and Steve. Mark, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. And Steve? Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Great to have both of you here. I said everybody used different adjectives, too. That's way to be diverse. (laughs) That's half my challenge. Yeah, I've got a list of the ones we've used in the past, and, you know... (laughs) You've, you've calculated which one Mark's going to say this week. I have to keep crossing them off so I don't plagiarize myself. Yeah, it's tough. No. Nice. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, and, and you didn't talk at the same time, which is a good thing, too. We're getting so, better at uh, this, we, yeah. We've gotten, <laughs> that thing, we've gotten that down pretty well. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week because uh, was it last week? Yeah, it was last uh-huh. week that the, uh, that the gentleman went to Megacon. But yes. we will we will get into that Indeed. a little bit later. Quite the experience. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous. I'm completely <laughs> jealous. Uh, but like always, we will start with our segment, Wish of the Week. And in Wish of the Week. Uh, you probably already know we talk about anything we're excited about from video games movies rpgs anything we want to mark let's start with you well it's gotta be the uh star trek adventures announcement um you stole you stole mine i'm sorry (laughs) you you did give it to me but it's a biggie it's you know i know i've i've talked about uh the fact that star star trek was my first role-playing experience and I have played every incarnation of Star Trek since <laughs> beginning role-playing and there hasn't been one in God, what 10 years yeah it's so, been a while yeah so having something new come out in the Star Trek universe is very exciting um, and I think they're, they're gonna start pre-orders this week yeah, on the 8th, which this will come out after, but hopefully people can hear about it before then. Yes. <laughs> and the the wonderful thing about it is they're they're kind of packaging everything up together, you know, dice, rules, minis, everything in a Borg cube package. <laughs> it is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It comes it comes I I don't know if you all looked at those pictures, but like the front comes off of it uh. and that's like a GM screen. And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> they thought yeah. of everything. <laughs> yeah. Assimilate me. It's got shelves. It's like like the whole thing is just like a standalone RPG I don't know. It's amazing. In a box. Yeah. <laughs> In a box to so to speak. Well, what's interesting about it, too, is I I think the box is coming with uh, the original series and next generation information. But the game overall is going to include uh, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise, which I don't think there has been anything uh, on the Enterprise era for role-playing. 
That's no, true. I don't think so. It's absolutely true. Th- unless there's something somebody has made out there that's you right. know, unofficial. But. Yeah, yeah. rude, obviously. But uh, they act, um, actually, <clears throat> they, uh, I don't know that there's been anything for Voyager. I think Decipher had some stuff, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Decipher was in that era. I'd be surprised if they didn't at least mention it in some of their books. But yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I haven't seen anything on Enterprise for sure. Right, yeah, Enterprise is definitely new, and, and you know, I think that could be an exciting uh, role-playing era. Absolutely, yeah. It was more, it was more like cowboys, and you know, like mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like you know, they didn't have tech answers for everything. It was all, it was kind of TOS in their in their problem-solving methodology. Yes. So, mm-hmm. right. But it'll be interesting too if they go into uh, Discovery when that comes out. Yes, yes. I'm dying to see what that looks like. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could that could add a whole nother. Mm-hmm. era to involve yourself in. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Discovery more or less like back in that Enterprise era, like pre-TOS? Yeah, I think it link, kind of links uh, Enterprise and TOS. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm putting all my points in the kiss and punch. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Commander Riker. <laughs> you gotta take the beard, you gotta take the beard trait, otherwise he's just not good for anything. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> There was there was something I was listening to. It might have been a, a, a podcast, but they they made a, a Riker's beard reference. <laughs> like there, they, this certain thing had to have a Riker's beard moment. <laughs> well, you know, it, it made me so happy because I understood it. Yeah. The um, uh, growing the beard is technically the uh, the opposite of jumping the shark. It's a phrase yeah. that means like when a show goes from being sucky to being good, it's when it grew the beard. So yeah, of yeah. course. That, definitely, definitely, and that's why I'm working on mine now. <laughs> Good deal. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, it can easily be said that we are all excited for uh, for Star Trek Adventures coming up pretty soon. Yes. Uh, Mark, is there anything else you're looking forward to? Uh, actually, there there is one more, and uh, that is our play by post. Uh, yes, it is. Is uh, finally uh, starting to go live, mm-hmm. so you can check that out on our website. Coming along nicely. Yeah, we've got uh, chapter got a, one I've got completed. A sleeping dog over here snoring. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> if you just hear, that's the, that's Zach's the dog. nodding that's off. Okay, okay, it's not you. Good. <laughs> no, the playboy post is really coming along nicely. The first chapter is done and beautiful. I'm really happy with the way it's turning out, and we're just starting chapter two now. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited for it. And Mark, do you have a name for that play-by-post? Uh, yes, it's going to be Tales of Sales. Absolutely. Perfect. Unless we find out that that's already taken, then we'll change it. <laughs> but, <laughs> True. But, uh, yeah, uh, but it's yeah. a little bit more nautical than, than our actual play. Yes, yeah. defi- definitely. So. I, would, I would say it is very much so more mm-hmm. nautical than our... Uh, than our actual play mm-hmm. and everybody everybody can find that over on our website tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com yep. if you didn't know that from the end of the episodes <laughs> um but if you yeah, don't listen uh, to the end of the episodes you know yeah they're just like oh they say the same thing every week so right. i'm just gonna forget about it <laughs> well is the playboy post itself public can people access that on gamers realm or is that still just us right now uh, no that'll still just be us okay uh, you guys don't know what you're playing. missing. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it'll it'll be posted on our on our blog so that's yes. that's where to catch, yeah. up, catch okay. up on it good deal yeah and so they don't they don't have to worry about all the the meaningless dice rolls and yeah and crunchy game mechanics yeah so. we, we can fix the grammar before posting <laughs> oh we're supposed to fix the grammar tap <laughs> <laughs> <half> my charm <laughs> Oh yeah, um, but but Steve, is there anything you're anything else you're looking forward to this week? Oh boy, um, well I'll tell you what, I'll keep it brief because mine's a little bit more esoteric. But there's a third <laughs> chapter in a Japanese RPG that I'm a really big fan of called Trials of Cold Steel, uh, being put mm-hmm. out by a, fun- a company called Falcom. Uh, chapters one and two, I am so into, and it's an amazing game. And I thought chapter three was not going to be brought over. They announced uh, just now that 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 we're going to be getting the the chapter three, the the third part of the trilogy. Um, here in the States on the PS4, so I'm very relieved to actually mm. get a chance to play that, and if you happen to like JRPGs, you should really check out the Trials of Cold Steel series. It's seriously incredible. I don't generally geek out about JRPGs this much, but this <laughs> one's really just making it work, so. Very nice. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about that in the past, about that series, so. Probably from me. <laughs> Prob- probably from you. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, um, this week for me, of course, Star Trek Star Trek Adventures. Earlier, you heard me talking about a very sleepy, snoring puppy. <laughs> oh. uh, we, we just adopted a new dog, and Aww. her name is Harley. We love her to death. We awesome. found uh, We didn't actually find her. Some friends of ours um, live out in the country, and uh, and they they you know were letting their other dogs in, and this little hungry puppy shows up on their back porch and so they uh, they let us have her well, and we're forever grateful i've seen the photos so. harley is too adorable so oh yes she is yeah she definitely is she is a pit bull mm-hmm. we're thinking she, we're thinking she is full kind of i don't know because there's parts of her that that look extremely pit bull and there are parts that don't so <laughs> but yeah She's she's a cutie. Very cool. She needs a little she needs a little bit of food and some love. Aww. But nice. uh but we're here to give it to her. Good so. deal. Nice. Definitely. Let's go on the RPG side of things. A uh, couple systems have been brought to my attention. Uh one is old older. It's maybe a couple years old. Um but it's a it's a Robin Laws production thing i don't know robin laws made it it is uh oh i'm gonna forget the name of course <laughs> uh it's it's called cthulhu confidential hmm. and uh and it uses this this very strange like one-on-one system it, so it's it's for a gm and one player hmm. and it's essentially you're doing investigative stuff you know just one-on-one like you are sherlock holmes or you know but it's in the uh the cthulhu mythos which is really interesting um it uses it uses a system that escapes my mind for whatever reason (laughs) but uh, i just recently started listening to the uh to the ken and robin talk about stuff podcast it is uh kenneth height and robin d laws talking about stuff (laughs) they talk about anything it's really cool Nice. But um but yeah, they they plug their own stuff all the time. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> well yeah. So uh so yeah, that that was brought to my attention. It, it looks really interesting. 
because you know that having that investigative kind of um you know kind of horror slash you know investigation has has always been uh interesting to me you know the entire cthulhu mythos has been a, a big interest to me in my past so um so yeah that interested me quite a and, bit and it seems like it'd be an interesting one to play solo because uh you know, with, with that horror genre, you have a little bit less of a reliance on the party. You're kind of out mm-hmm. there on your own. It, actually, yeah, exactly. Cthulhu makes a lot of sense for a 1v1 because in a party situation, if you're going to try to, like, you know, create, you know, disconnects and, and mistrust, there's a lot of slipping of notes and taking players aside. If it's just one-on-one, the DM can just do whatever he wants to mess with the mind of this one player. So, yeah, I actually can see it giving it a lot of flexibility. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks really interesting. Oh, it, it uses a gumshoe uh, system. Oh. So okay, um, it's called Gumshoe One to One. Is it's just an adaptation of uh, of the regular gumshoe, which is okay. really interesting. Um, oh, and then I was looking on uh, RPG Drive Through or Drive Through RPG. I don't. I never remember which which one it is. <laughs> It's RPGs, but, um, it's driving through, whichever. Yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go inside the store. You're fine. Yeah. Um, Do they actually have a was... store with a window? They need to. <laughs> yeah. Branding. <laughs> That's right. Come on, come on people. But come you can on, never PR really people. understand that little speaker before you get to the window. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you order like a fate system book and you pull up and they give you D&D and you're like, what the heck? Yeah, but you get fries with it. So. Yeah, you get fries. Yeah, they supersize your books. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 300 additional pages. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was looking through there, and I, I saw the um, the index card RPG. I don't know if you've all seen that, but it looks oh. really interesting, and it looks pretty narrative. And, and it's uh, I suggest you all take a look at that because it's – it uses some like visual elements of you know printed out papers in in the forms of note cards mm. Mm. um like to to paint a picture to create a story or you know it's um it's really interesting nice. and it it could um it could lead to a lot of a lot of good storytelling Okay. Which is really cool, and it adds that visual element hmm. of they're they're kind of simplistic, kind of you know they have um, they have like town you know items elements town elements yeah to like um, they have the blacksmith shop or just a basic house and uh, mages tower you know just and you can you can physically set up this this town. You know, just with these simple pictures, you know, you go through the gates and you you get into town center and then, you know, to the east side of town, there's the blacksmith shop. You know, it, and it's just it's a really cool visual element. OK, so it, you're like flipping it, cards and the cards will have like buildings and whatever. You're kind of making a town with the cards. You know, I'm really not sure. I haven't picked it up yet. OK, but um, but they they did. They released a, like a sep- a separate kind of print out. And um, you know, print cutout thing, right? Of these these different town elements, and he really he lays it out, and like you, if they're going into town for the first time, I mean, honestly, you could lay out whatever element you wanted to, or you could do it randomly, just whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through the gates, you find the blacksmith shop first, and then just past it is a mage's tower. You know, and you can flip these cards over and just reveal these 
very beautiful, quite simplistic uh, images to really paint a really cool picture. Nice. There's actually really something kind of cool about making a deck out of a town. Like, you know, if it was like, you go into a small town, okay, flip five cards. Nope, it looks like oh, you yeah. don't get a, 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 a wizard's apothecary here in this town because <laughs> it's a small town. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, it can definitely be used for that. Or, or if you're out in wherever, you know, you're in a dungeon and mm -hmm. there's creatures and you just random creatures out there, you know. Yep. It looks really interesting. Cool. And um, I'll probably pick that up pretty nice. soon. So, yeah. I think that's it for me. Very cool. Thinking of anything else that there is. Can't think of anything. But okay. that'll be it for Wish of the Week. We are actually going to segue into a, a brand new segment that uh, that I like to call RPG Reflection. Now, in RPG Reflection, we talk about the last game session we had, kind of. From our the seventh last game the session play. we released. Yes, that's true. <laughs> from, from our, yeah, from our actual play. And the episode or episodes in question will be my my GM session. Part one and because part two. Part right. one and part two, because they're both out there. So uh, just off the bat, um, I'll start with Mark. Any major points that you want to talk about? I think it was really interesting that you kind of went, you started us off in basically a dungeon crawl, mm -hmm. which, you know, is kind of interesting because that's not the the style of 7C usually, but I think it was a great way to kind of open things to kind of show how it fits that. I mean, it does fit that. It, it, it worked, but it was just, it was such a nice stepping stone to show that you can go from that to so much more. Um, hey, Mark, yeah. uh, could go you ahead. give like a, maybe like a one minute synopsis in case somebody didn't actually listen to the show? For some reason, oh, because they need that's... to listen to it because it was really fun. <laughs> that's true. You really do. I, I could I could do that since I was the GM of this one. Okay, good, good deal. Fire away. I will. I will. Uh, so, basically, I sent them uh, via Queen Elaine, the the Queen of Avalon, over to Castile to go search for. Well, it, it was essentially Elaine sent Nathaniel there to quote unquote deal with diplomatic relations, <laughs> but really she sent him over there to search for a religious artifact. You know, this religious artifact that they were looking for was uh, in the the shape of a medallion. You know, and so they went searching Castile for you know, wherever this medallion could be. So they found out um, at the, the Vatsian city that um, most of this city was controlled by two major, um, major families, you know, in the past and frankly now. So they, they went to one family side of town and, um, and they found at a mausoleum, there was a secret compartment, uh, the, a very secret entrance to uh, to an underground cavern. 
So after some time of, uh, of exploring this cavern, they get to this final room that has their, has their medallion. And uh, when going back, they, they very, very stealthily <laughs> get away from a, a set of people that were not going to make their day good. <laughs> um, and luckily... Because they they had one success hmm? <laughs> more than than was gonna was going to uh, get them into a, a random encounter. That's all it took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all it took. You were you were that close. <laughs> um, but yeah. So as as they go to exit, uh, they hear <laughs> they hear a lot of rumbling. They hear a lot of. Mm. Uh, of quaking <laughs> Mateo hadn't eaten that day <laughs> <laughs> that was it <laughs> yeah yeah that was it no no the uh, the cavern starts shaking around them and um, you know giant chunks of rock and dirt come falling from the walls and the ceiling and uh, the floor in front of them falls out and they um, they escape Mateo gets hit over the head with a, with a very large rock, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they make it out. They definitely make it out and uh, and head back to Castile. Oh wait, I forgot the best part. Mateo and the uh, and the tailor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, you just have to go listen to it. It's yes. it's amazing. Yes. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's unsuccessfully fishing for information, but it was pretty great. Yeah, True. I had a yeah, great time with true. that whole thing. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> And one of the great things I liked about it is, you know, on one hand, it was fairly straightforward and simplistic, but there were some great hooks in there because I'm game mastering next that I was able to grasp onto and expand upon and, uh, you know, keep the ball rolling with, mm-hmm. uh, with you know, the, some of the basics that you gave. Yeah, and, and that's what I had hoped, you know, kind of kind of knowing what kind of GM you are. Just mm-hmm. from stories you've told, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I, I had imagined you would you would take an element you liked. You know, since we're switching GMs every week, mm-hmm. just just giving you that opportunity to take something if you if you want to, and, yeah. and letting you run with it. Yes. You know, Steve as well. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you come around, if there's any element you want, except for the book, you can't have the book. <laughs> oh, I've got plans. <laughs> that scares <Yeah>. me. <laughs> it's fine. And, it's fine. And that's something else that we should probably explain to the audience is part of this rotating GMs also kind of uh, we're we're also kind of shifting focus. So mm-hmm. in oh, this yeah. case, you kind of focused on Queen Elaine uh, giving my character Nathaniel a mission. And Steve's character, Mateo, was kind of the sidekick. Um, yeah. Then in my game, uh, I'm going to focus more on Steve, and your character is going to be more of the sidekick. And uh, was it the other way around? I think that was probably about right, yeah. because I'm going to be yeah. focusing on your character, Zach. I mean, the way oh, yeah, I've got it planned. Yes. It's, it's yeah. going to be the Zach show. So Wait, yeah. you're both not focusing on me? What's the no, problem no. with I, this? I'm focusing on you. He was focusing on me. See, that's, <laughs> that's the true. whole the whole like circle of Pokemon weaknesses. We, we all kind of like... <laughs> well, but I, I, yeah, I hopefully uh, yeah, gave you a, a nice uh, 
some nice moments and, and you know a nice feeling of of involvement too so mm, you know yeah. even though you know the the antagonist might be pointed at at steve's character mm-hmm. there's there's hopefully uh you know the goal is to get everybody involved obviously and I'm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, as long as we're talking about this as sort of a post-game wrap-up here, I'm going to go ahead and apologize because Mateo is like a scene-stealing hack. And <laughs> even though it may have been focused on Nathaniel, as far as Mateo is concerned, it's always the Mateo show. So apologies <laughs> in advance there. I, I know I tend to like – he's he's not really a quiet guy. <laughs> no, but the, the, it fits the characters. So it, yeah. it worked. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't because you were trying to steal – you know the spotlight it right. was because you were playing your character yes. yeah like you know <laughs> and and we all we all understand that th- that's going to happen one way or another right yeah you know, it can it can be more argued in in marks that at the beginning i was the star of that yeah mm-hmm. you know and then later it was it was you so it kind of shifted it did yeah. it did you know yeah yes so. We won't get too much into Marks. Right. We, we have another episode for yeah, that. Yeah, we have recorded it. It just hasn't aired. And it's amazing. Yes. Just so you know. <laughs> it's great. Well, good. I enjoy it. But um, but yeah, more more about this episode. Let's let's get yeah back a little bit. Yes. Um, Steve, any any notes? Any uh, comments? Uh, you know, honestly, it it <laughs> um, it wasn't really what I was expecting. It worked out really well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it was, but like from what I've played in Seven C, and maybe it's because Mark's usually done the DMing for me when I do a Seven C game. Like I was surprised to find myself in a crypt, and I was like, "Oh, this is refreshing." Like it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a straight on dungeon crawl, and, and I guess that's not entirely true. I mean, I've Mark's done some things below ground before it's not like he's claustrophobic <laughs> when it comes to dming but overall it, it felt it felt a lot more D to me um than what i'm used to seeing in, in 7c and that was you know that was great we had action we had thrilling intrigue and we had plenty of, of opportunity for character interaction stuff so it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. just like okay you run into orcs roll your stupid dice um yeah. you know we had the, the taylor scene which i'm not going to spoil if you haven't seen it but dude that was actually really cool and uh-huh. we had plenty of time to flesh out the characters that we're all we're all new characters here right it's like we haven't yep. had a whole lot of chance to establish ourselves well, and yep don't speak for nathaniel well nathaniel well, has yeah. had a session yes nathaniel has had a session <laughs> um but but yeah like we had a chance to kind of like like i had a chance to to kind of establish who mateo is how he works and uh-huh. what his deal is without mm-hmm. like sitting down and say here's lengthy you know exposition you know we didn't have like a, a prologue crawl like star wars to lay out like you know kind of where everybody is but we still got a pretty good feel for where our characters were by the end of it that's yeah, true. and and with the the basic descriptions you all gave, you know, at the beginning about your characters, that's that's enough. Because mm-hmm. honestly, in any session or in any campaign, that's enough. Because you're gonna find out so much more than you just told when you're playing. Yes, yes. Which yeah. which is what's great about you know a game like Seven C because it's so story based. There are gonna be that many more character developments. That yeah. um that it, it it adds to that story the more you play yeah it was great and the the advantage too in the rotating rotating GM uh, approach is we're seeing different different approaches as well mm-hmm. to how the game can be played yeah definitely and I think I think we're going to you know us individually we're going to explore kind of different things 
Mm-hmm. You know, just because something that I'm interested in isn't necessarily something that you're interested in. Sure. You know, just mm-hmm. just so there's there's going to be that diversity even without discussion. But hopefully the other side's true too, and that we're going to learn and grow off each other as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, even though without discussion about this is what kind of story I'm going to do, our stories are going to be different. Yeah. Our our plots, our you know, our whole you know feeling of of our sessions. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's great. Well, it's a little bit intimidating for uh, th- as far as the rotating DM factor goes because a lot of it is like well if i'm if i'm if i'm tailoring a story around zach's character ryan like i am i like i I feel like i'm taking liberties with his history like i've looked at you know read his story i know what's going on but if i start like introducing new characters their elements of his past am i stepping on zach's toes you know like you know is is if i if i try to like flesh out the character maybe he's already got an idea of where that character's been and maybe my ideas are conflicting all of a sudden so i'm actually a little bit skittish about it but we'll see so so I'll tell you. Okay. The the things that are on the backstory that I've written mm-hmm. are the only things that I've written. Okay. <laughs> that's good so go because that's Take what it. I'm that's what I'm using <laughs> to kind of base this all around. But it feels sort of like if, I feel like um you know how okay in Star Wars like the extended universe they've got like you know they'll, they'll say something they'll have like alien races like the Bothans and all we know mm-hmm. about the Bothans from the movies were many Bothan spies died to bring us these Death Star plans okay <laughs> yeah so invariably whenever they surface in the subsequent novels and everything all Bothans are either spies or dying okay because that's like the <laughs> only traits that they have and I feel True. like that's kind of where I'm going with Ryan I'm like okay I hope this is going to be okay I don't want to like focus too much on that but I don't know it's and weird. I, I think that's the unspoken agreement of collaborative storytelling. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, just just because I know I know all three of us. Mm-hmm. But usually when when people go, yeah, go for it, they mean it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they when they go, you can you can take change anything as long as it's not a major characteristic. Okay. You know, if if uh, if you decide, oh, Ryan wasn't an orphan all of his life and his parents are still alive, that that couldn't work, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I think I think uh, writer discretion is is uh, kind of what what keeps you uh, keeps you in line there. Yes. Well, I think we're going to have a good time with it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, any any other notes for me? Because this, this is this I is like, kind of like a GM roast. Well, okay, it's it's not a roast, but it's sort of a, a like that's interesting how it worked. Like at, at one point when we were escaping on the tunnels, you were like, okay, here's uh, basically here's what's happening, and also there's two opportunities if you want to use raises to get the opportunities, and you kind of like more or less just like spelled them out, like and. Also, there's these pluses if you want to grab them. And I was like, oh, you know, it never really occurred to me that that's sort of how that works in Mm -hmm. in encounters where you're like, because honestly, like the players on their own wouldn't necessarily know to like, oh, I'm about to be hit by rocks. I'm going to go check in a small cubby hole for treasure over here. Like it's (laughs) it's a complete non sequitur as far as stuff that the players might initiate. But by saying, hey, there's stuff over here that you can also grab. Then I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Now I've got, you know, 40 successes and I don't have to just waste half of them because I only took two damage. Uh Right. It was kind of neat to see it play out that way. Yeah. Yeah, And that's one of the weird quirks about seven seeds is, you know, it's a little bit, you know, not intuitive in the fact, and 
you kind of have to explain the scene, then go back and actually play the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I understand that. You know, talking about the opportunities, I think everybody learned something when we had that discussion. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we talked that one day about about opportunities uh-huh. and, you know, and Steve, kind of both of you brought up the idea of, you know, the fact that, you know, in in a scene, this this player or these players can say, hey, I want to create this opportunity for so-and-so uh-huh. or for myself or and i i never thought of it that way you know i i was so locked into the idea of these opportunities are physical things i have to come up with mm-hmm. you know and so right. that that um that opened up my my mind and my opinion on that a little bit more and that's awesome well that's it's true. sort of one of the perks of the whole collaborative storytelling aspect of 7c it's like the players have a little bit more narrative control than they might be used to in other games yeah. Oh, definitely. Very true. That's uh, that brings up uh, our, my my other play by post is is the fact that <laughs> I don't think they're used to that. You know, we we talked a little bit before about this, but you know, I I, w- I would ask a character, okay, what do you want to say? How do you want to how do you want to do this? You mm-hmm. know, and and they came back and was like, oh, well, something I did wrong. Like <laughs> they <laughs> thought I was I was questioning because. Because it was incorrect, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's something you have to get used to. And I explained it, and, and I think everybody understands a little bit more. But That's good. But yeah, it's, it, you know, coming from a story background, you know, whether it be theater or mm-hmm. writing or just reading, you know, knowing different, how, how different stories go, you know you don't realize that you miss out on not being a part of that. You know, I, th- I, I think Mark can agree with me, you know, having that, that theater background gives you a little bit more when it comes to, you know, understanding a story. Oh yeah. Yeah. The- because you're essentially dissecting what this, this author, what this playwright, you know, created and so it gives you a little bit more understanding about the storytelling process. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think there are a lot of people that don't understand that. Well, you know, just because just because, you know, seeing how certain people have reacted to a, a heavy storytelling game kind of tells me that. <laughs> well, it's a very yeah. different it's it's very different from most role-playing experiences. True. You know, most of the time you have a, a game master telling the story and the characters are interspersing a, a die roll or a, you know a skill roll maybe an attack um, maybe a little bit of dialogue but there's very little contribution to the the actual direction things are going you know maybe picking yeah. uh, you know to choo- choosing to go left instead of right or something um, and then you know the game master would take it up from whatever choices they make yeah. yeah, but uh, this is you know this, everyone is a lot more involved in the narrative for this, and uh, that's that's a tricky thing to to get if if you're used to other role playing systems. Well, and yeah, and yeah. to put a finger on it specifically, when we say most other role playing games, we're, we're pretty much talking about like D and D and Pathfinder, and not everybody's D and D and Pathfinder games, but sort of the the way they were written out of the base core rulebook, which is the way a lot of people play them. True. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and that that whole collaborative storytelling thing is a hard thing to describe. It's a hard thing to explain. Yeah. To somebody that doesn't that doesn't already feel that way about about storytelling. Yeah, right. I, I think a lot of times, like maybe in your other play by post, it might be like this where they're sort of like, uh, that's your job. Like, <laughs> I roll yeah. the dice. You yeah. tell me what happens. And, <laughs> you know, that, that's sort of the right. mentality going into it. So, you True. know. Yeah. And I think I think that's where the uh, the translation is is uh, getting lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just just because everybody's like, I'm so used to the GM describing everything and telling me what happens and and all this uh-huh. that that they don't understand the fact that they can control the story. Well, and I think it demands a little bit more of the players too, like a more narrative based one, because I mean, honestly, you've seen, I don't know, maybe I'm alone on this one, but I've seen players like get distracted at the table and they start checking their phone and doing other stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, like if you actually have to move the plot along, <laughs> you really can't do that. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's not just like, okay, I roll check for traps, whatever, you know, you can you got to start, you know, participating here. It really demands more attention than, you know, the other way, <laughs> the alternative. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, um, in my conversation with Brendan of Full Metal RPG, you know, um, we, we talked about, you know, I, I brought up the fact that I like to give my players the opportunity to describe something. You know, any anything, a, a building, a, a wooded area, you know, yeah. just anything mm-hmm. just to give them give them the idea of what it's like to explain something or you know, kind of give them the GM hat for a second. Yeah. You know, and, and describe the situation or, you know, just it, it allows them to become more attentive. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for lack of a better word. Well, for them, them to pay attention a little bit more because they know they're going to have this opportunity to describe something. Well, and if you're looking for sort of a gateway to get them involved, a lot of times just having them describe either their character or something about their character is a great way to kind of pull them in because most players have at least spent a decent chunk of time like making their own character even if they have no idea what else is going on in the world like they feel that they've got agency typically around their character that's what the, the character creation project uh, process does is make them feel yeah. involved in that particular guy so if you're like what's he wearing how you, you know if you ask them like how many flipping swords <laughs> are you carrying around they'll always know you know yeah. they've got an idea of exactly yeah. what was in mind when that guy you know poofed uh-huh. into existence but I, yeah exactly but i think that that can kind of build off um, the amount of time you've played. Yeah. Uh, I know I know. going into Zach's game, we kind of had a blank slate, and, you know, I, I had played Nathaniel before, but this was, you know, kind of a reboot. It was a fresh, fresh start. <laughs> and, you know, I felt a little, little bit inti- more intimidated doing that at the beginning of the game than I did at the end of the game. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of feel like, Going into Steve's game, I feel like we've established a lot more of the um, world, you know, the, our particular take on the world, the events that we're participating in, and right. you know, I feel a little bit better about uh, you know creating some aspects of that. I think. Well, 
Yeah, I think and so. And it's kind of quick. It's kind of fun how quickly things gelled too, because like even after just one session, in the beginning, I mean, storyline wise, you know, Nathaniel and Mateo were friends from way back, but I didn't mm-hmm. really have, in spite of you know listening to that one session, really have a great idea of like what to expect from Nathaniel in a given situation. And by the, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, we're coming up against something. This is going to be Nathaniel's deal. This is going to be Mateo's deal. It's yes. going to work out great. Like <laughs> you know, yes. it's, they they really yeah. kind of gelled nicely together off the get go. So oh yeah, they did. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. But but I think part of that is also you two, because you all both know each other and you all have known each other for a while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you you kind of know how each other works. True. You know, better than better than you would if you're sitting down at the table for the first time. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. True. Which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, honestly, that the situation at the tailor shop where, uh, <laughs> where Mateo took lead and and Nathaniel was like, I'm just going to act like. <laughs> <laughs> like Frankenstein's little <laughs> minion. Hang out over yeah. here and try not to get arrested when the cops come. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I'll, I'll trip the police and when they come running in the door. That'll be my role. Yeah. Boom. See, that's like perfect. Yeah. That's it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. And, and that adds more character than you think. You know, describing that and then not saying anything the entire scene uh-huh. really tells a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, it helps everybody understand the nature of of um of nathaniel yeah you're just he knows how to react in different situations well and i think that whole encounter kind of encapsulated their two dynamics you know going forward too it's like mateo is the distraction nathaniel gets stuff done (laughs) like that's you know it, it kind of like Okay, that's that's how they work. That's how they operate. Sure. That's their MO. It's true. Yeah. So definitely. It's it's an unspoken truth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be it for this segment of RPG Reflection. Woohoo! Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, yeah, me either. It's gonna be great. Now to get into the meat of of our conversation. Uh, I'm sure they've been on the edge of their seats <laughs> waiting to say stuff about Megacon. God, chomping at the so bit here. I'm, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to let them. I'm going to step back for a minute and I'm going to give them the floor and talk about Megacon. <laughs> uh, Steve, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we did uh, Megacon. It was uh, four days. It was Thursday through Sunday, so it was a pretty big show. And um, uh, Mark is uh, has a table at Megacon every year. He's a, uh-huh. a renowned web artist uh, who's made you know <laughs> comic strips such as Zordic and and uh, Saucer Seekers, and um, he's done work on Abby's Agency. And uh, so he's got a table already, and and the Steam Spy RPG. In case I haven't plugged it yet today, um, <laughs> and um, he was gracious enough to to let me help him with that and and uh we had a great time talking to new people about about our stuff and uh what we have going on and it was also a convention so we got to do convention stuff too go to panels <laughs> and look for stuff and i got some great deals on various things and and yeah that was that was that was that was the stated goal of the entire thing it was <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, and I was completely jealous that I didn't get to go this year. Ah, uh, well. But I will. 
I will plan for next year when I'm not getting married and buying a house. There you go. Yeah. You'll, it's a lot of fun, let me tell you. It's like I, I've gone every year for a decade now, just about. And oh, it's a lot. It's, the show itself has grown. And this year in particular, it was a really nice show to attend. In the past, mm-hmm. it's been overpopulated or, or like packed, um, poorly planned. There's been, you know, logistical issues with it. Um, this year, they seem to, like, from the perspective of the showgoers, <laughs> they really put on a great show for people. It didn't have any of the congestion. Yeah. Uh, the lines were shorter. Everything was just much more pleasant overall. So, Well, I think attendance was a little bit down this year, which, you know, kind of a little bit of a negative. There was a lot going on in Orlando this week. There was a big new land mm-hmm. opened at Disney World. There's a new water oh, park man. at Universal. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of other things it was competing with. Oh, and like um, half their headliners from Walking Dead backed out at the last minute. So I think that yeah. may have affected. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, so that's brutal. That was but, a little bummer, but but that yeah. said, they were still packed full of awesome sci-fi celebs. I think Tim Curry oh. was there. I got to meet Felicia right. Day. You know, it was oh very really nice. cool. I, I I walked right past Brett Spiner at one point and said hello. So oh, nice, very cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any other exciting things that that were uh, that were there? Oh. To, to look at to me well i um let's see i had some rpg related pickups uh every year they've got a huge vendor area and sometimes it's more garage sale than than organized seller <laughs> which is great because that's where you get the really great deals and i got some fabulous yeah. deals on old video games because i collect old video games but that aside i also had some rpg related pickups i got a really like beautiful condition copy of the keep on the borderlands which is an early D module like uh, one of the, the first basic D modules and it was the one that i yeah. like played first ever when I played D&D as we played through this one module and <laughs> I have since lost it and now I've got it again and I'm so happy that's awesome nice definitely oh any other pickups um, that, that you uh... I got a whole crap load of cards for the uh, Legend of the Five Rings card game um, oh beautiful somebody was blowing those out in a big bin so I got a like a uh, maybe like 30 or so for 50 cents a pack and um, oh sweet yeah I can pop those open and check that out and maybe start playing that at some point mm-hmm. nice yeah yeah I, I've heard good things about that and and you said they were uh, they're bringing it back pretty soon aren't they? they're making an LCG out of it which is sort of a different type of game it's not the pack oriented right. ones um, mm-hmm. but, and I don't know how much correlation it would have to the original but the original l5r card game has been around since the magic days and it continued for years and years and years like long after all the other offshoots like it's you know all outlasted all sorts of other games they've made like 20 sets of this thing and it's got a core like the l5r core <laughs> that's been keeping yeah. it alive forever so i'm guessing you know things don't last that long if it's not a good system so yeah. i'm looking forward to trying yeah, definitely but yeah there's there's a lot of good stuff coming up in the future yeah yeah for yes. uh, for rpgs yep. and even card games no. yeah yeah uh, mark mark you're uh <laughs> we both go <laughs> we both turn to mark quick transition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I hadn't really. I, I spent most of my time at the, stuck at the table, but uh, so I didn't really find much. I was kind of noticing, and then Steve and I discussed this. Not a real gamer-oriented convention. There was okay. a true. lot of uh, you know celebrities, huge artist area, um, a lot of uh, collectibles and some board game stuff. But in terms of uh, role-playing, not too much. They did have a, a big room where they had almost continuous games of, that's right, you guessed it, D&D and Pathfinder. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they had another another room that was doing some of the some of the card games, but for uh, for actual role playing, that was about it. Um, but uh, you know, as, as usual, the Steam Spy was a was a big attraction. It was. Uh, so I think you know the audience was there, and uh, into the idea. So honestly, I feel like the whole RPG crowd there was a little bit underserved. Like I saw mm-hmm. you know a fair number of people in you know various RPG referencing T-shirts and and whatever. It's a little bit tougher than you know when you've got. Like, a lot of people cosplaying stuff from anime and video games. There's not a whole lot you can really cosplay from an RPG. But yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of hard to get these people to sort of self-identify. Now, if I went and cosplayed as John Wick... Mm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Not not from the movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Not from the movie. <laughs> because I, there were a couple of those, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in previous years, one of the things... Actually, one of the things Steve and I really missed this year... And I, th- I think they, they dropped it last year. They used to have this huge live-action paranoia game mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's at right. MegaCon every year. That. And yeah. that seems to have gone away. Um, you know, it just seems like there used to be more role-playing stuff. And I really miss the live-action paranoia because even though, like, every year I said I was going to do it and every year I, I punked out, um, yeah. you could tell those 50 or so people they had running around the conventions with, like, hard hats and banging buckets or whatever they were doing were having <laughs> the time of their life. Like, clearly, yes. oh, yeah. they were really working that thing. So yes. I it was, it was kind of sad to not see it, and I hope they pick it up again in the future. Yeah, yeah, because it sounded fun, mm-hmm. you know, from, from all the stories you've told. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I um, I you you all said you uh you interviewed a few people. Yes. At, at MegaCon. Yeah, I brought out an How iPad that... and we we went around to various folks that we found at the con and and other people that were visiting the table. And uh, if anybody was kind of interested in RPGs, we asked them questions. Well, we asked them the question, "What do you look for in an RPG?" Um, and we got a, a number of people to kind of record their answers for that. Broad variety of answers. I think some people were, you could tell some people were more video game people and answered it from a video game perspective. Other people mm-hmm. were, were traditional pen and paperists, and we got a lot of, you know, kind of good responses there. But pretty broad variety overall of answers. I, I don't think anybody was like, I mean, it wasn't sort of the stock answers that you'd expect. True. Okay. Very nice. And you talked to what, about nine people? Um, Ten people? Yeah, Good. Something like that, yeah. Nice. Sounds about right. Yeah, it was Very It was nice. kind of tricky. Very like nice. I said, uh, because people don't really self-identify as gamers, like just by their clothing <laughs> in a convention, <laughs> it was kind of hard to find, you know, like you could walk up and point a microphone at somebody, but, you know, more than likely they're going to be like, well, I don't play that RPG or what do you mean by yeah. RPG? Yeah, so. exactly. But we got yeah, we got exactly. plenty of good responses, I think. Yeah, fortunately, yeah. having having the Steam Spy game there was a draw for that type of personality. Yes. Yeah, so that I helped. would definitely I would definitely say so. Mm-hmm. Now, since you asked all those people those questions, I'm going to ask you all those questions. Okay. Hmm. I'll put you on in the in the interview <laughs> chair now. <laughs> now. Uh, I'll start with Mark okay. because Mark made Steve do the new Megacon stuff. Mark, Mark won, in, won the initiative role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're lost in this case. Yeah. On, on how he feels. <laughs> but yeah, what's, what is your perfect RPG experience? For me, it's the stories. 
you know, not just the storytelling, but, you know, if you talk to a somebody who fishes, they have a story about how they... <laughs> oh, no, fishing again. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they have a story Sorry. about the, the one that got away. If you yeah. talk to somebody who plays baseball, they're going to talk about, you know, hitting the home run, you know, whatever. But if you, if you role play... You get to tell the story about how you got split from the party and you single-handedly uh, com- combated with the giant killer robot that was sent to destroy the city. <laughs> and yeah. having those stories that you take away is what, for me, what makes a role-playing experience really memorable um, and it makes it different than any other kind of hobby or interest or, or game. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. To to bring a little light to that that fishing joke I said, when you when you dropped from the call, oh, we we were like, well, Mark went to go start that fishing podcast. Now. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Thargoids once, and he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm done with elite. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Those stories really make the the game's more memorable it, it definitely does it's not just a game at that point yes. you're not sitting down playing monopoly yes you're sitting down telling these stories and you're coming away with these stories and you're a part of it you're you know this yeah. is this is something that i did yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah and and when you bring the the whole collaborative storytelling thing it's something that you feel is yours also oh yeah you know it's not just it's not just the gm made this story and i'm playing through this story True. You know, I've said this a million times. I don't need to say it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but there's but, yeah. an immersiveness to it too. That this was this yeah. was my, this was how I dealt with what was given to me. This mm-hmm. is how I fought it or negotiated with it. This is how I went into the the tailor shop and how I dealt with the, the tailor. <laughs> that's a great story. That's a great experience. That's you know that's as yeah. much fun as as telling about anything else you did during the day. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm going to add to this. um, Good. This this question. Is is there a a perfect game in your mind? A perfect system? I don't think so. I think it depends on the genre. Uh, Okay. I think that was kind of what the problem that everybody ran into back in the, the Roll20 days, the D20 era everything was the same yeah everybody mm, thought this yeah. is the perfect system and therefore it will fit any any game everything yeah yeah and no. it, it, yeah and it doesn't mm-hmm. um no, yeah i actually not. i thought if it fit other systems better than it fit D D. but yeah it uh you know there are there are different systems obviously having developed uh you know, having to go in and start you know developing uh steam spy and and you know, a couple other projects they have going on. I've had to kind of face this of what is the perfect system. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a question of what is the perfect system for this approach. And that's, I think that's going to be different for, for everything. For, um, yeah, for whatever the genre is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, com- I completely agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we, we've kind of uh, fallen in love with seven C's and that has, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of potential, a lot of great aspects. I can't say it's the perfect system, hmm. but yep. it's you know it gives us a lot of what we want, especially for that kind of uh, swashbuckling 
proactive, hero-driven genre. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. I wouldn't say I also wouldn't say it's the perfect system just because mm-hmm. there really is no perfect system. Let's be honest. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we won't get into that today. Except for Steam Spy. <laughs> except for Steam Spy. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Steam Spy Steam Spy is completely perfect mm-hmm. in every way. Absolutely. Uh, sure. I think so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> You know, as the designer, it's weird because, you know, I'm already thinking of, of second edition. You know? mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thinking this could be better. This thing is not good, <laughs> is what your mind is saying. I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about here because, like, after I finished my first card game, all I could think about was everything I did wrong. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, and I guess that's, like, sort of the creator's curse, really. Like, that's sort of how of it course. works. Yeah, Absolutely. of course. Mm-hmm. If you're a painter, if you're an artist of any kind, musician, sure. yeah, you're gonna feel that way about your work. I, I go back you know, to look at some of the cartoons I did and think, did I really put that up for public consumption? <laughs> what was I thinking? I yeah. mean, you you go to the first episode of this podcast, and and that's my mind. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah, I need to rewatch some of the earlier uh, stuff. How you mention it? Listen, give it another listen and see. <laughs> 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 Don't listen to the first episode, please. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, let's uh, let's go over to Steve. Steve, um, what was the question? I don't oh, remember. Uh, uh, what is what is your perfect gaming moment? I don't remember. You asked the story. You asked the question. What do you what do you look for in an RPG system? Is what we uh, what we are asking. R- R- RG, RPG experience. RPG experience. Experience. And yes. I'm just there we gonna go. say what he said. No, no, it's. it's <laughs> Uh, truthfully and yeah honestly mostly it's the story with me too but but just to kind of go in a slightly different branch with it i will say it's the emergent properties that you get in a narrative like that um because any you know if you're a dm you've usually got some kind of story going into it and you're usually pretty committed that it's going to be a fun thing and it's like okay i've got a great idea let's do this it's going to be fun and it never goes that way but what it goes (laughs) ends up going is oftentimes better than what you were thinking and Mm. the fact that Uh you're just along for the ride as a storyteller is actually one of the really cool things about tabletop rpgs it's that that emergent narrative that happens once players start wrecking stuff so you know that's that's probably my favorite that's that's what i look for an rpg system that allows for that if it's too rigid and on rails to like to give players the chance to you know build their own worlds then i'm probably not super into it What's, what's yeah, nice I'm... is I kind of talked about the, the player side of it. You talked about the GM side of it. So <laughs> I think those are great, you know, opposite sides of the coin. Yeah, true. Definitely. And and my answer will be a combination of both. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I agree with the the flexibility of games, you know, as, as far as them having to be flexible to you know to to really feel like you're enjoying the experience Hmm. so you're not feeling tied down or on rails Mm -hmm. well i think that's that's something that's a way that role-playing games have evolved if you look at Mm -hmm. first edition D, it was (laughs) created to be a dungeon crawl and you go in and you battle what's behind each door and it didn't really it was it was essentially munchkin at that point yeah yeah, Uh, yeah, actually (laughs) and as it evolved, you know, AD and D, uh, and mm-hmm. on from there, it became more narrative-driven, more, um, yeah. you know, uh, more diverse things that you could do, and all the other role-playing games that that sprung out 
that was that's kind of the uh, the adopting cry as as we move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And and with all these independent games, mm-hmm. you know, coming out, there will be different ideas for doing different things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a good future for games. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say about MegaCon? Anybody? Uh, I think that's my two cents, Mark. If you can make nice. it next year, I oh. recommend yeah, oh, it to I, everybody. By all means, I definitely will. It's a great Thanks. experience. I don't know about I don't know about anybody else, but I'm going. <laughs> Good. It's a lot of fun, and honestly, like I think even though we talked about how there's not a whole lot, you know, core like geared towards gamers, like having looked at the rest of the schedule, like like the other stuff out there, at least in Florida. Uh, there's not a whole lot of cons that are bigger that, that would give you much more no. for gamers. I think you might have to go all the way up to Dragon Con to get more of a preference or a, a, uh, an area for RPG tabletoppers to, yeah. to congregate around. Mm-hmm. So. Or Gen Con would really probably be the mecca. Gen well, Con. Yeah, yeah, Gen Con sort of the mecca. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so who am I staying with next year? <laughs> I got I got a spare bed. You're good. That's true. Mark, yeah. Steve, Mark. Uh, we, Mark got, Steve, we got cats, Steve. but you know. We got a plethora of cats. They're soft. If you get them to hold still, they make nice pillows. But yeah, we got room over here. Awesome. I have the plans now. Plenty of options. Nice. Now, who's coming to pick me up? (laughs) I've got a car. No. No, I can't. Less of an issue. I've I've got a car. (laughs) I love that response. Probably Uber, I guess. (laughs) There's that. That'd be a be a hell of a result. <laughs> uh, actually, I, if if you end up in OIA, I work right by that airport. So yeah, wow. nice. Hi, this is Steve and Mark, and we're with uh, Tabletop Radio Hour, and we are at MegaCon 2017 in sunny Orlando, Florida, live, <laughs> live and in kind person ish. And um, and we're you know looking around. There's a ton of people here who are uh, big RPG fans, big sci-fi nuts, and uh, we're going to talk to them and, and see what they have to say. You bet. Hi, and uh, what, what's your name? My name's Charles. You having a good time at the con here today? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. We've been having a great time selling here. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So where are, you, where are you from? What you do? I'm from South Florida, but currently I'm living here in Orlando. Oh, nice. Awesome. And I'm a tutor and also a video, I mean, and also a programmer. Oh, very, very cool. slick. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, do you play any uh, RPGs? I do. You do? What do you look for in a good RPG? What I look for in a good RPG are mechanics that really help me get into the character's mind. I mean, it's a role-playing game for a reason, and so many people just make it a combat simulator, but it's all about the role-playing. Very mm-hmm. cool. Couldn't agree part. more. Another thing that I look for in an RPG is the social experience. You know, even if it's just one other person. Yep. I've seen some good RPGs where you can play one person by yourself, but I really don't think that's what they're for. It's for sitting around with friends at a table, yes. having mm-hmm. some beer, having some pretzels. It's a good time. That's all it is. That's why it's so popular nowadays. Yeah. Everyone's been playing video games, mm-hmm. and... It's just, it misses that little experience. That's why land parties are so popular, because there's yeah. not the face-to-face experience. Yeah. Right. And now people are getting into role-playing games with video games, and they're coming back into RPGs because they want the face-to-face experience. They want the freedom. Yeah, that back and forth, the sitting around with a pizza. Exactly. It's yeah. a dialogue. Yeah. It's a dialogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Hi, your name is? I'm Cole. Yeah, so what do you look for in a, an RPG experience of any type? Uh, just like the ability to explore and to, to either like find out more about a world or to be able to explore that world without any like larger or inhibiting rules. Just I want a kind of a freeform experience. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Dungeons and Dragons because it's more of like a storytelling experience. 
but combat and other checks just determine what you can do in that world. Yep. But the exploration and the ability to find things that are amazing are really up to you and the person who's writing it. Good answer. Let's start off. What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Brendan. I'm with the Coliseum of Comics. Been there forever. Great. So what we're asking people today is, what do you look for in a role-playing experience? I like D&D. I like classic D&D, and that's why I play Pathfinder, which isn't D&D. Isn't that kind of the way it goes? Okay. But they kind of lost us. They got us back in at 3rd edition, and then 3.5, so this was years ago. Yeah. Got together with a bunch of guys who were married at the time, and so all of the wives are good with letting them go one day a week. And nice. 20 years later, we're still playing. So, I mean, it's the old high school group, and then it's back together. So that's it's great. Perfect that you can keep it together so long. It, that's amazing. It has been, but a lot of people still like, I remember the fourth edition when they were coming out. I was like, yeah, everybody's going to love this game because... Players don't want to be buffing. They want to be leveling up and fighting and killing things. They don't want to be role-playing. And so they were so wrong on it. Pathfinder came on. It was 3.75. Pathfinder was the game that actually went ahead and kept everything going in D&D to a point that it was outselling D&D pretty significantly, which, of course, spawned 5th edition. Now, the reviews on 5th edition have been great. And all the people that are playing it have really loved it. So... Pathfinder since then has gone back down. Our group is still in Pathfinder. That's fair. Good deal. Excellent. It's been been very good. There have been other games. You know, Shadowrun is a good game, which I've seen. I don't have a great player base. Mm -hmm. It's always where you can find a good player base. Fate System is kind of one of those more, it's where you can bring a lot of different people into it. Just diverse people that aren't really always role-playing game people. Mm -hmm. That's That's always been one of those. I always carry them, and every once in a while you find a gem. It's like finding an old collection of comic books. When you yep. find the old yes. books there, the, the, the hardcover books, and the ones that are kind of beat up a little bit, yeah. and when you find something that's kind of dumping their collection, it's like no, really it's odd. It's like, I don't know what they're doing these days. It's like a treasure trove. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. possibly mm-hmm. So yes. that happens every once in a while, too. So that's great. Very cool. There's some collectability in them. There is. Still. So that's true. Yeah. Oh, Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. We're here with the Florida Geek Scene, um, and I uh, just wanted to n- let you know, uh, uh, or just ask, what, what do you look for in an RPG? Uh, what do I look for in an RPG? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Scott from Florida Geek Scene. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, well, I've been playing uh, D&D since about 1983. Um, what do I look for in an RPG? Um, I look for uh, always good storylines and modules, campaigns. Okay. Um, uh, good characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else do I like? Something that is uh, very user friendly to uh, to teach others. Okay. To teach to play the game. So you prefer modules over uh, direct creating your own. Creating your own, yeah. Um. Well, no, creating your own is fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I grew up. You know, in, in, in the '80s, you go to Walden Books and you pick up all the modules. You know, yes. and that's, yep. you had the uh, Fantasy Book Club or whatever it was called. I can't, oh, yeah. I still oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Other Worlds Club. I still, yes. I, I still have a card. Oh, oh awesome. awesome. That's so cool. I, I haven't thought about it until now, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um... But so, like, yeah, like, um... You know, I, I think that, uh... That, um... A game that is, um... Uh... You know, very user-friendly and, uh... Um... Easy to show others to play and bring into the game and support it. I think that's... I think that would really be the number one. Nice. So, nice. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And where can they find your site? Uh, FloridaGeekScene.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. You having fun at the con so far? Oh, I love it. 
I'm Dominic Triscrini. I'm the venture captain for Tampa, Florida, for Pathfinder Society. I'm also the gaming director for MegaCon itself, uh, the MegaCon Orlando show. Very Great. Nice. So what we've been asking people is, what do you look for in a role-playing experience? Well, I play a lot of organized play. That is, uh, in Pathfinder Society, like Living Greyhawk, it's one of its predecessors, mm-hmm. or uh, Adventures League, which is uh, the D&D uh, 5e version. We, I like the portability of the system. In the campaign, since it rides on top of Pathfinder Society, a lot of people know the Pathfinder RPG rule set. So that campaign allows me to go sit down at a table with five strangers and you know make five new friends. Easy. Oh, or that's great. Or if I don't make friends for that table, <laughs> I have a good story to tell. In the, in the that's rest. good. Absolutely Excellent. true. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, sure, no problem. It. Hi, this is uh, Patrick. Patrick, please meet you, Patrick. Getting part of the time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you look for in a role playing game? Uh, usually for the system to be simple so that it doesn't get in the way of telling the story. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're more narrative-focused then in your games? Usually, yeah. Okay, good deal. Well, perfect. Thanks a lot. Have a good time. You too. Okay, uh, so we're here with... Uh, Sean McCowan. Sean McCowan. Pleased to meet you. And uh, you you like role-playing games? I do. What do you look for in a role-playing experience? In a role-playing experience? The diversity from all the different players. You know, everyone has their own play style. I mean, you have someone who's, like, up front and personal. You have someone that's in the back, like me, who's like, I got this shit. <laughs> that's perfect. Absolutely. Well, cool. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Well, I think that'll be it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on SoundCloud.com slash Tabletop Radio Hour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at TabletopCast if you have any questions or comments. We also have an email address. It is tabletopradiohour at yahoo.com. Our website, tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com. You can find some information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s.